Hey, On The Clock fans, you're listening to another episode with your host Raul Lascano and tackle all of today's hot topics in sports news, trends, current issues happening locally and nationally, as well as highlighting some of our local student athletes across the Sunshine State. Now, welcome your host, Raul Lascano, you're on the clock. Who's probably gonna sin again? Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Things I don't understand. Sometimes I need to be alone. What's going on, on the clock, fans? How are you guys doing, man? It is a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday, June 22nd. Listen, we got so much that we got to talk about. We've been gone for a little minute. We had Father's Day over the weekend. Uh, I'm recovering from a beautiful Puerto Rican trip that I have taken with uh, family and friends and my beautiful wife. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm ready to go. You guys can't kill my vibe right now. You guys can't kill what I got going on. We have a full pack show for you. And guess what? I'm going to do it all by myself right now because the boys from the Bay, they're handling some personal business and taking care of things for themselves right now. So you got me for 45 minutes. It's your boy. Your host, Raul Lascano. And I got lots to talk about with the NBA, especially with, of course, Ben Sims of 76ers. The mix-ups is going on over there at the at the Nets. We got to talk about the, the Phoenix Suns, who are just on fire right now, taking care of business. I want to talk about the Olympic tryouts with the track and field. I don't think we get enough exposure as far as track and field. One of my favorite sports to, to ever play. And also, I want to talk about Cole Beasley and the Buffalo Bills and, and a little things about his vaccination statements and some things I want to get off my chest. So don't go nowhere. Vibe with your boy. It's time to get on there. Don't kill my vibe, man. Let's do it. Let's get on this Tuesday, man. I am a sinner who's probably gonna sin again. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Things I don't understand. Sometimes I need to be alone. Man, don't kill my vibe. Don't kill my vibe. What's going on, the clock fans, man? It's been a long time. It's been a minute. I haven't talked to you guys. Uh, like I was telling you before, man, I was. I had a beautiful Puerto Rican trip, man, uh, that I took, and it was it was a much needed trip. It was a one of those things where you you had to cross off the bucket list, man. If you haven't been to Puerto Rico, listen, take the time, take the take the chance, and, and go down there. It's it's trust me, I tell you, it's it's mind bending. It's beautiful, uh, the culture, the people, man. It's it, it's recovered completely from. Uh, uh, from what I understand, from when I was a kid, I went there one time a long time ago, but it's beautiful, man. And if you can go in as an adult, <laughs> as a grown adult, uh, where you can ex- uh, truly experience life, it's beautiful, man. You're going to have a great time. Father's Day was over the weekend. Happy belated Father's Days to to not only the the fathers that are actually in the kids' lives, but also to the moms who uh, have to play dad the daddy role as well. Some dads won't like that, but it is what it is. Uh, but We've had a lot going on in the sports world as well, man. I've even though I was in the on the trip and I was out there, I still took time to watch these games and and I wasn't freaking impressed, man. I was really pretty depressed. And and everybody yesterday, Monday, was calling for the head of Ben Simmons. And just like rightfully so, they should call for his head. They should sit there and say, Hey man, we should get rid of him. We should get done with them. I do respect what Doc Rivers was saying after the after the post of the game interview. Explaining that you know, after being here for a year, he understands what needs to be what needs to be done, what needs to be understand with Ben Simmons, what he needs to work on, how hard he needs to work. I truly commend Doc Rivers for doing that. But I'm going to tell you right now, Doc, if you're going to put your neck on the line, and you've done this numerous times for athletes, and I think it's I think it's really admirable. I really love what you're doing. But I'm telling you now, you you're going to go down with a ship here. 
that, that, that I don't think you really want to go down because it's also ruining the reputation rep, reputation of Doc Rivers, right? It's kind of ruining his rep, his rep a little bit. You're putting your, your eggs all in one basket with Ben Simmons, who I, I don't know what happened to this young man. At one point, at one point, we were sitting here screaming that Ben Simmons will be the next LeBron James, which, by the way, side note, nobody will be the next LeBron James, just like nobody was like the next Michael Jordan. It's not going to happen. We just find players that are going to involve find players that, that, that changed the game, but he is not what we thought he was going to be. He just, it's not happened. He has digressed, I mean, tremendously here in the last two years. Now, for three or four years, we've been screaming, Ben Simmons doesn't have a shot, but everybody was okay with that. Everybody was fine that Ben Simmons could not shoot the ball. They were okay because Ben Simmons did everything else that comes with basketball, right? His steals, the assists, the dunks. He did everything, the blocks. He, he took care of it. He, I mean, shoot, we made him an NBA All-Star. And we put him on a plane and we told him that he was an all-star. But he's not getting the job done for whatever the reason is. And sometimes it's just not basketball. You don't know what the dynamic of a, of a locker room is like in, in the 76ers. We have no idea. We hope that it's a good locker room, but we really, truly don't know. Just for the all-star game, Embiid and Simmons didn't even ride on the same private plane to go to the, to go to the all-star game. And I know what you're thinking, Raul, what does that matter? It truly doesn't matter if he did go or didn't go. You know, these guys probably had different plans. Okay, I could chalk that up. I've met up with my with my homeboys and, and my friends of that nature up at a club once or twice before. Okay, I, I get that. Doesn't mean they necessarily don't like each other. Fine. But as we're calling for the head of Ben Simmons, we need to start calling for the head of the rest of the team of the 76ers. Because it wasn't just only Ben. Ben did let us down because he was an all-star. And he, we also let him he let us down because, well, he's he has guard next to his name, right? His position. Okay. But we had two shooting guards that don't do anything else. Ben Simmons is a point guard that's supposed to be distributing the basketball. Everybody says, we need a traditional basketball. We need a traditional point guard. Where has that gone? What has happened? If you guys don't know, Ben Simmons finished the game with five points. Five points. He went two for four in field goal attempts. He went zero for zero on three-point attempts. It's not a fact that if he doesn't want to shoot the ball, it's getting to a point where we just think that he's scared to shoot the ball. There's a clip that you guys probably seen over and over a thousand times by now where he's underneath the hoop and he has a wide open layup to just jump up, to, you know, the old fashioned one, two, three up and lay the ball in. But he said he kicks it back out and there's nobody really on him. There's there's things that's going on with Ben Simmons psychologically that I think Doc Rivers is going to have to fix. He's going to have to take care of here in the next couple couple weeks on the offseason, next couple months. And this next season, this this 2021 season, um, it will be behind him, right? The 2020, I want to say 2021 season, 2021 playoffs. These playoffs should be behind Ben by the time we get back to the regular season. And we should hopefully see a new Ben Simmons emerge. But what's going to happen if is we're not going to see another Ben Simmons. We are hoping that he gets the work done. But it's been three years people have been saying, you're not getting the shot done. And what we did was we gave him a contract. We gave him more money. And Philadelphia is now aching and, and pissed off that he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what, what sport you play. If you're a Philly fan, <laughs> they love you immensely. They love you to death, literally to death. Hopefully Ben Simmons can still get a Philly cheesesteak somewhere in Philadelphia. But I'm telling you right now, there's other things going on with Ben Simmons. You could just tell. I, I, there has to be something. I don't want to sit there and say that the young man is scared to play basketball. It doesn't look that way. But he, she knows that he didn't do what he was supposed to do. In the post-game interview, he did say, oh, I, I did not take care of my team. I did not do enough for the team to win. Yeah, we know you had five points. Embiid had to carry himself. When Embiid has more, more uh, three-point attempts, not even made, just attempts, 
then your point guard, yeah, we have a problem here. You know, hats off to T. Harris, 45 minutes he played, dropped 24 points. Embiid played 41 minutes, dropped 31 points. Curry, he played 31 minutes, 16 points. I expect more from the young man. I, I, I mean, that's just me. The other individual that had five points, I can't even pronounce this young man, Korkamax, Korkamax had five points as well. Played 18 minutes. So your core guys did not get the job done. And this is this comes into another realm of it. Not only did Ben Simmons play horrible, but the 76ers team as a team are horrible in the fourth quarter. They are horrible in the fourth quarter. The Hawks have shown time and time again that they could play late in the fourth quarter. The 76ers twice during this series blew a 25-point lead. I sat there and watched the game over again in my morning breakfast as I'm eating a, which by the way, a very expensive breakfast in Puerto Rico. I am watching the 76ers and Hawks game replay on ESPN, and I'm sitting there looking like, how did you blow a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter alone? It is, it is amazing to not only watch it once, but then to rewatch the fact that you blew it is unbelievable to see that. I have no idea how that got accomplished, <laughs> the, the, the dismantle of it. And we're all going to call for the head of Doc Rivers at some point, and that, that's what's going to end up happening, right? These players that get paid millions of dollars, and rightfully so, these, the players should get paid millions of dollars. We're going to call for the head of, of Doc Rivers here in a little bit. If, if you come back in the 2021 season, the regular season, and, and Ben Simmons is still not performing, they're going to call for the head of Doc Rivers. And the general manager in the Philadelphia 76ers upper management, they're going to crumble. They're going to, they're going to fold to what the fans want, and they're all going to blame Doc Rivers. And this ain't Doc Rivers' fault because Ben Simmons had a problem before Doc got there. Now, should he have tried to fix it sooner? Sure, maybe we can put that on that. But this is, has nothing to do with it. I don't think, I don't think Ben Simmons has a, a bad, horrible problem shooting the ball because like you like LeBron LeBron adapted his game he changed his game a little bit we all said that LeBron can't shoot well well LeBron shoots very 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 well now Ben Simmons should hopefully go through that transition but in three years Ben Simmons hasn't even worked on it I, and, I, and I hate to say that he hasn't worked on it because we're not in the gym shooting with him hopefully he has tried but I think he's worked on other parts of the game and didn't worry about trying to work on his shot because what he used to do was be very aggressive. He used to take the ball to the basket. He's making drives. Two or three guys get on him, he kicks it back out. And he, that, was, that was enough to blanket the fact that he's not dropping points. And you got to make points. See, the problem here with the 76ers, along with the Brooklyn Nets as well, is the fact that these guys and the Clippers, I'm going to say the Clippers, they have no leadership. That's the main problem. 76ers are probably as bad or maybe even a little bit worse than the, than the Clippers are. You got all these veterans on the Clippers team, but they can't close in the fourth quarter. You got the 76ers with the same way. You got the Brooklyn Nets that spent all their money on three players. They got no bench. You got no bench to sit there and help you through the fourth quarter to help you with those transitions. Because at some point, KD, Harden, Irving, they're all going to have to sit out and try to get some air. There's no way that these guys can play 45-plus minutes and you expect them to be good in seven-game series going through the series. And I'll come back and circle back to the Brooklyn Nets and KD because there's some points I want to bring out to that too. And there's some things I want to highlight for him. But with the 76ers and the Clippers, you guys have no leadership around there. You have nothing that's going on to help you in the fourth quarter. You guys might be driving your cars and there's fans in the Philadelphia that truly believe what I'm saying. There's fans that are going to believe in L.A. and in, in California, which they do hear the show all the way over there as well, that you're going to drive your car and be like, yeah, this guy's right. We don't have any leadership over there. You have a bucket full of veterans that just 
but nobody to steer the ship. You have no quarterback for your offense. You have none. And that's the problem with some of these teams that are going on. This is why we highlight the Phoenix Suns, who are now an 8-0 on their trip. Let me. The, the reason why the Suns have, have done well is because we love that old-school basketball type stuff. Now, I'm, I'm all for the new age. I'm all for the, you know, the, the, the positionless basketball where everybody plays different positions and we no longer have the traditional big man playing. We have no more traditional okay, point guard distributing the ball, but it works for the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, there's just some things that, that work old fundamentals. It works for the Suns. They have a traditional point guard in Chris Paul. And one of the beautiful things about the Sun is that the fact that they have a core nucleus, like they have a core guys that they got from the draft. They did not spend money from other teams assembling players. Right? And I know what, you, you know what you're thinking, Raul, what are you leading to? Well, the super team, right? The Brooklyn Nets. You got Blake Griffin, Irving, Harden, and Durant all sitting on a team now. Same thing with the Clippers, Paul George, Rondo, Kawhi Leonard. Like, you have these guys that you've assembled, but you, again, you have no quarterback to lead what you got going on. And the Phoenix Suns, who are a young team, do better in the fourth quarter, which is weird. You, you, you think to yourself, like, holy shit, how in the fact are these youngsters playing so well? Well, that's because eight or nine of their guys play every single night. Guys that come off the bench, they contribute every single night. They play basketball, and they're playing old-school basketball where they're not playing that, that, that new-era type basketball. So in some ways, they might, they might but look at, look at Devin Booker's shots. Devin Booker is not sitting behind the arc shooting a basketball. Does he do it sometimes? Absolutely. Does Crowder? Absolutely. But they're happy playing the way they're playing. They're okay with playing old-school basketball. They have no problem doing these things. And they feel comfortable in doing it. They feel comfortable playing the way that Jordan used to play. That that old school type of play. They're okay. DeAndre, DeAndre uh, Ayton is okay being a center. He's, he's fine with playing right there as a center. He has no, no, no uh, I guess, no hiccups about going out to the arc and have to shoot. He'll shoot his jumper, shoot his, you know, his 10, 16-footer jumper. That's it. He'll shoot up, and then he's good to go. Devin Booker is doing exactly what his position is called for. He's a shooting guard. He's going to take his two when he needs to take his two. He's not trying to make shots based off situations all the time. He's going to take what the defense gives him, and he's doing very well with it. Same thing with Jay Crowder. He's taking care of what he's got to take care of defensively. I think Jay Crowder has played phenomenal through these series, but they're all doing what they're supposed to do. And that, that it works for them. It works. Old school basketball still works. And I'm not saying that the new era doesn't work. I'm not saying it doesn't have, doesn't have room for the NBA today. It does. But it does not always get you through because there's an old saying, and we all heard the cliche saying, right? When talent doesn't want to work hard, it is a problem. Your talented players don't want to work hard. So you have to figure a way to get this job done. The Phoenix Suns has figured out, and that's why they're playing so well, and that's why they're going to be playing the Suns and, and, and playing in the, in the Western Conference Finals now. But now, again, I, I know they have the Clippers, and it's not going to be easy series. I think this might go to 6-7. It might go. Might. I say might because the Clippers are horrible in the fourth quarter, and the Suns are really good at it. And it only takes them one quarter to figure it out, and they're back into the game. So we'll see how this, this series goes. If the Clippers go down 3-0, do not expect a miracle from Paul George to bring them back. 
down 3-0. And they do have to play in L.A. And it is, it is, is going into the lion's den when you play in L.A. I completely understand that. So they're going to have the they're going to have the uh, um, a hard time with these Clippers. But again, I think the Suns still emerge and they will be in the in the in the finals. What I want to transition to talk about also now is is Kevin Durant and those Brooklyn Nets. I think Kevin Durant did an amazing job and did everything he could to try to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Me personally, if you look at the, if you look at the game a little bit closer, Durant is probably one big toe away from ending the Bucks season. He's just one big toe away from finishing those guys. And he did everything he could. He did everything he could. And Harden, um, you know, I have my I have my, you know, my opinions about his his play from the other night. He still dropped 22. He still helped his team out. But again, it, it wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough to to finish uh, um to help finish uh, finish off the Milwaukee Bucks. It just wasn't enough. Now, does Kyrie Irving, of course, you're always going to have that. Well, if Kyrie Irving was playing and if he was in the game and if he was only there, he could help the team and this wouldn't have been an issue and everything would have been fine, but he wasn't there. And throughout this whole NBA uh, playoffs, you know, much to credit to LeBron James, what he was saying, you got 10 of your superstars injured and you do but it's, it's a next next man up mentality. And it truly shows who's coaching, who's not coaching, because if your bench can't step up and help you out, then then we have a problem. You know what I'm saying? But the other night, I mean, for for Kevin Durant to play 53 minutes and drop 48 points, I think he did. He, he He's ended the rumors that can he help him? Can can he play? Can he play in the big games? Because he did. Griffin played 40 minutes. I mean, we, we got big minutes out of Harden, played 53 minutes as well but only dropped 22 points, which is, I know it seems, you know, good because it's 22 points, but with James Harden, who we're, we're used to 28, maybe 32 points averaging, and, you know, this is, you know, once the, the leading scorer of the NBA, you know, it, it kind of hurts. So that maybe that bum leg did help, did hold him back a little bit. But I think Kevin Durant did everything he could, which goes into another, another conversation I heard was that, well, LeBron James didn't have problems in the East. <laughs> You know, and if Kevin Durant is truly the best player compared to LeBron James, he would have had no problem with the Milwaukee Bucks. He would have been just fine. But this is team basketball. This is this isn't just, you know, the Milwaukee just some lame Milwaukee Bucks team. You know what I mean? This is this is this was a hard fought game on both sides of the of the uh of both sides of the game. It was hard fought. You know, you had Tucker play 38 minutes, only dropped 11 points, but played great defensively. You had Giannis, who played 50 minutes, who had 40 points, which, by the way, to have two superstars play 48-plus minutes hasn't happened in decades in basketball, by the way, in the NBA, in a playoff game anyhow. You had Middleton play 52 minutes, dropped 23 points, which Middleton, I think, his, his points came mostly in the, in the fourth quarter, like I was telling you. The Nets and the 76ers and, and even the Clippers are bad in the fourth quarter. They're not, they don't play well. Lopez, 46 minutes, dropped 19 points. And Jay Holiday, 48 minutes, 13 points. They they played tremendously. They played a lot. But what they're going to have to understand is those five guys, they're going to have a long series here. And those five guys that, that, that are on the Milwaukee Bucks, you're going to have to sit there and depend on somebody on the bench giving you some points. Somebody off that bench has to help deliver some points because it's going to have to be more than just five guys. You're going to have to win an NBA championship with at least seven to eight guys that can help you. 
but I think they did great. Kevin Durant, uh, um, you know, the, the rumors about him, can he finish, can he hold up to what, what they have going on? I think he can. I think he. I think he's proven that he can play the game. But again, you still have those 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 select few that said, "Well, when LeBron was in the East, he didn't have problem crumbling the East and, and making it work." The East got strong, man. The East got built up. It's not the, the normal same East that LeBron was in there. Uh, even though they sit there and say the East is a little bit easier, you know, it, it, it's to each his own. Um, LeBron's having trouble in the West, like we all thought he would have trouble in the West. And I'm pretty sure the Lakers are going to figure out a way to get more players over to the Lakers. But what they have to understand is you better take a sheet of music or sheet of paper or the blueprint from the Phoenix Suns and figure out, hey, man, we need to start drafting players if we want to make this thing last a little bit longer. Because you spending the money to get a championship isn't working. Look what happened to Brooklyn. It's not work. It didn't work over there. Because they paid so much money to three players that they don't have a bench now. So you're going to have to figure it out. And that talk of LeBron James and Durant, I still think they are some of the best basketball players in this generation, that, that this generation gets to see. Kevin Durant is a, is, is a phenomenal scorer, can play the game. So these comparisons are not even the same comparisons of, of LeBron versus the KD. It's not going to happen. Uh, but again, great NBA series, great NBA playoffs. We're getting everything we can, and we have a fresh blood in, in the NBA Right, we we're excited for the first time. I'm excited to watch a lot of the playoffs because a lot of times you knew what teams are going to be there. Right, you knew the 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 Golden State Warriors were going to be in there. You knew LeBron, whatever team he was playing for, <laughs> was going to be in there. So now to see fresh blood, fresh teams playing there, it's kind of exciting to see. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks making it. It's exciting to see the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. You know what I mean? It, it these are things that you that you know it, it's going to be a good series. The Bucks and the, and the and the uh, Hawks, it's going to be good. It, it's good to see different teams in there. It's almost, it almost reminds me of when Jordan uh, stepped away from the game and you kind of saw other teams emerge a little bit and, and got to get a little bit more recognition and get a little further and, and not have to get kicked out in the for round one by the Bulls. So it's really good to see that these teams are doing it. And, and it's, I think NBA, NBA basketball is going to be fun. Um, I have more for you guys. Don't go anywhere. Listen to the break. I'll be right back on the other side with some track and field and also with Cole Beasley. So don't go anywhere. Your soap is... Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. Real soap for real men. Or don't. And continue to be mommy's little helper. Hey, On The Clock fans, we're back over here on the other side of the break. Um, listen, I don't think track and field gets enough recognition. All right, I know we see it on, on ESPN. You watch the highlights, and you got to see some of it. And I'm not going to say too much on, of it, on it, but I'm excited to see the U.S. Olympic team tryouts. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of track and field. I remember playing when I or was playing it, but I remember running a lot in track and field when I was younger as a kid and then doing it in high school. And, and there's really nothing like track and field in the sense of, of it's just you, literally you. All right, you're playing for a team, of course, and your points add up and the overall points determine, you know, if you, if you want to track meet or whatnot. But again, it, it's just you and the, and the finish line. It's, it's how much you can have, how much your endurance, how much mental can you, 
can you push your body? And every second, every tenth of a second counts to a world record. I mean, it's a lot of pressure being on there. If you've never lined up in blocks before, go ahead and cross off your bucket list and try it. Go over there and try to be on in the blocks trying to push through and run actually 100 meters and tell me how that feels. And then look at your time and, and understand how fast these, these athletes are truly moving. The one of the one of the the ones I got to see was the men's 100 meters, and again I watched a lot of it. I watched the men's hammers throw, uh, I watched the javelin throw, I watched the women's high jump, I watched the women's triple jump, um, I watched the men's high jump, I watched all of the events uh, because again I'm, I'm a huge fan of of track and field. Uh, the women's 400 meters was nothing but exciting to watch, um, especially after two athletes who you know of course in the evolution of life became moms. Um, got their bodies back and got back in shape in the sense of because it. Let's be honest with you, women go have a little bit harder than men here when they especially when they have to have children. It's not easy to get back to what they were, especially if you're an Olympic athlete. You know Serena Williams, who was who became a mom. You know she she gave birth, she had a mom, she took off all the time to raise her child, and then to get back into tennis shape and now win championships. It's not easy. So to watch the women's 400 was exciting to watch these. These athletes run the men's 400 as well. Um, the 1500 meter <laughs> decathlon, decathlon that, that's a, it's a long event. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, but it's still it's still exciting to watch the discus, the pole vault. You guys have to watch these these things, man. Take the time to see. And I know it's kind of hard to watch it with the NBA and the playoffs and what's going on in the NFL and, and things of that nature in baseball. And uh, especially a shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, who who took game uh, game five over the Islanders, you know, it's hard with all these other sports to watch, but I'm telling you, it's super exciting to watch because for, for many, many years, you know what I'm saying, we already knew who, who the top dog was, right? We already know who the top dog was as far as Usain Bolt uh, running the 100 meters, but it's good to see the, the I guess, the new class, the new, the new breed of athletes come through, you know what I mean? The new school. And, and it's nothing less but exciting. If you guys haven't seen Trayvon Bromel, you got to go watch him. I mean, it, he ran a 9-9, um, which is just moving, man. It's, it is flying, all right? Uh, I, th- I still think I still think Usain Bolt is a 9, I want to say 9-8, 8, 8-7 or something like that. Like, it's it's moving now. He, he's there, but it's going to be exciting. Uh, I saw Fred Kirkley, Ronnie Baker, um, the, Noah Lyles. Like they, these guys were just flat out some of the best, you know, that qualified. And congratulations to everybody that qualified to be on the Olympic team. I mean, that, that's no easy suit to do, man. It, it's a hard, hard process, a hard road to do. One of the ones uh, that was super exciting to watch, uh, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I like watching the women's 100 meters. Uh, Shikari Richardson has, has emerged as one of the fastest women in, in track and field. She clocked over 100 meters at a 10.6. I'm sorry, 10.64. Let me give that, that, that young lady her respect, um, which was amazing to watch her run, especially when she came out the blocks. You know, I'm no track expert, so I won't fake the, the, fake the funk and say, yeah, I am. I am not a, a track expert. But um, she came out the blocks a little slow, but man, does she have speed to carry her through and <laughs> to watch her point at the clock to show that, you know, she's moving. Um, man, she she is moving. She's exciting to watch. And it, it's it's almost like watching. It's, how can I how can I compare this if I could? Um, it's almost like watching Marion Jones when she had her run. Does that make sense? 
you see what I'm saying, Mary Jones, uh, maybe even like a, a Florence Joyner, like it, it was like Flo Jo. It was it was exciting. It's exciting to watch her run. You want to see her her run. Now there's gonna be, of course, there's gonna be people that tune in to see if she loses and all this. But this young lady, when I tell you, you can see it on her face. You can see, you can hear her screaming. You know what I'm saying? How much she wants to be the best. And it, it was amazing to watch. So if you guys have track and field, go watch track and field. It's going to be, we're going to assemble here a very, very good men's and women, men and women's Olympic team here. It's going to be good. And of course, the event that we all love to watch, that everybody wants to see, no matter what, it, it's that relay team. That, that's what we really want to watch. That's what we really want to see is, is we want to see the relay teams, which again, you're, you're going to, you're going to, some of the best are being assembled to do so. You know what I mean? So it's going to be amazing to watch. You guys don't, don't, if you ever get a chance, tune in and watch it. Don't just change the channel and, and say forget it or whatever the case is. Watch the 100 meters. Watch the 200, the 400, 800. Watch these track events. It's fun to watch. It, it's, it's really good to see the individual push through and, and, and show how much they've, how hard they've worked throughout the year because it's not easy maintaining speed. You know what I'm saying? Maintaining to be fast. It's it's not something that's it's, it's easy. But go ahead and watch it. Uh, other other news that touched a little bit here, and I know it's been all over the set on fire, and yeah, it's been controversial, and, and it's people have have you know have their views and things like that. Is Cole Beasley, the wide receiver from the Buffalo Bills, who vows to live his life like he wants? Um, and it, this is a mid of a backlash to the to the anti-vaccine remarks that he had. If you don't know, Cole Beasley released a statement on Twitter, which was on Friday in response to the to the backlash of his of his received social media disclosing that he is not vaccinated and pledging to live his own life. Uh, Cole Beasley went on to say, "I will be outside doing what I want. I'll be out in public. If you're scared of me, then steer clear or get vaccinated. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living." Um, he went on to go on and say, I'm not going to take meds for a leg that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my own immunity that way. I'll play for free this year to live life how I've lived it from day one. If I'm forced to into retirement, so be it. Basically saying that he, you know, he'd rather retire than take the vaccination. He let off a long statement saying, look, I'm going to live the life I'm going to live. Everyone, hi, I'm Cole Beasley and I'm not vaccinated. I'll be outside doing what I want to do. Um, he goes on to, you know, a long statement, um, build up his immunity. I'm going to drink water. I'll eat better exercise and do what I think is necessary to be a healthy individual. It is my choice based on my experience and what I think is best. I'll play for free this year. I'll live my life and things of that nature. And he, he'd rather go in retirement. Okay. Cole Beasley, you know, it, it is his choice. I get that. It, it's his choice to, to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated, especially in a time where we don't know if it works or doesn't work. We don't know. If it does protect you from COVID, uh, you hear all the rumors and speculations of, well, you know, he got vaccinated, but yet he still had tested positive for COVID. We, we understand that. We, we understand that. And, and I get that completely. And it, it Beasley, you know, I can't be mad at you if that's what you want to do. But if your job requires it and you don't want to do it, it's up to you. But you choose that. You choose if you want to play or not want to play. What I don't want to see here in the next couple of weeks or months if Cole Beasley is, is, you know, removed from the team or he's not playing as much or whatever the case may be, I don't want to sit here and, and feel, you know, bad for the guy. You made your choice. You decided not to do it. You decided not to put food on the table for you and your family. You, that's your decision. And, again, deal with your decision. But don't get mad if, if the Buffalo Bills come back and say, hey, listen, you know, 
we don't want you. Uh, you know, we, we, goodbye. See you later. Adios, amigo. It's their choice to do so. There's nothing you can do about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know over at the Washington football team, Ron Rivera has, has been ad, ad, adamant about getting doctors over there to help clarify some of the rumors or, or misleading information that's out there in the media to his players about COVID and getting vaccinated. So he's doing his part in trying to do so. But I don't see the harm in it does in it. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you're okay with getting tested every single day, then go get tested every single day. But you know what I'm saying? You, you keep a distance. So you're going to have, you, it's part of the game. You're going to have to still fill out the port- protocol rules. If you got to get tested every day, then, then get tested. Don't complain about it, which is what you do, You know, you kind of did over there on, uh, over at Buffalo. You complained about getting tested every day. It's part of what they want done. It's part of the protocol. You can't go to 7-Eleven without a shirt on or, or some tennis shoes. It's going to be part of it some way, somehow. It's going to happen. And people say, no, it's my American right. It's my American. I, I get all that. I understand that. Just don't be upset, Cole Beasley, if Buffalo Bills don't feel the same way you do. Because at the end of the day, it's still a business. They're still going to do what's in the best interest of the Buffalo Bills, not what's in the best interest of Cole Beasley. So, Beasley, do what you got to do. You understand the rules, and I'm, I'm glad you understand that that's your stance, and, and boom, you're going to have it. And and calling out the, the Players Association, and, and, and it's a joke, and I, it's it's your opinion. It is what it is what it is. But they have to look at the at the whole NFL, not just what Cole Beasley wants to do. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not gonna be just what you want done. Uh, but they're gonna try to make the best decision based on what we're going on. And Beasley, you gotta understand, man, the world has never been put under something like this. We've we've never experienced something like this. Everything that we're doing is is literally, and I'll talk football term, we're drawing it up in a playbook day by day, man. We're not sitting here understanding what's going on. You, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to make the best decision for everybody. And when I say we, we're, I'm talking about the doctors. I'm talking about the nurses that are on the front line. I'm talking about the, the, the first responders. That everybody's trying to figure out what's the best way and accommodate every, everybody in a way that, that can help them proceed on to what we call normal life doing exactly what you said you've been doing since day one of birth is going outside and living your life. And everybody wants to feel that way, Cole. We all want to feel that way again. We all want to be okay. We all want to go into a store or to a restaurant and not worry about if they're at max capacity or do we have to wear the mask or feel bad or, or, and I don't know if you guys, but it's happened, you know, where I've been at, I've been to Walmart or Target or whatever, and somebody's coughed and we all turn back looking at him like, oh my God, he's going to turn into a zombie you know what I'm saying? We've all seen, we've all been there. So yeah, we want to get back to being normal. Of course, Cole. Of course we all do. Of course we want to do the things that you're saying that we want to do. But everybody's trying to make the best interest and in getting on there and trying to stir up some stuff. I get it, man. It's your body. You do what you got to do. But again, when the tables have turned and they have to do what the what's in the best interest of themselves, do not get upset when they choose to have when they choose to have the Buffalo Bills interest and not Cole Beasley's interest, don't get up and be upset about, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not the guy that they want to be here or, or even, you know, go on these, these TV shows on ESPN and banter or, or get mad at those guys for doing what they do. Okay. It is what it is. Um, that's everything I got for you guys. Listen, we're going to have plenty more. I got plenty of guests that are coming up. I got boxing champions. I've got uh, 
Uh, I've got social media influencers. I got a whole bunch of, of football players. I got a whole bunch of things that's going to happen on this week for on the clock radio. So trust me when I tell you, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing week. Um, try to get through these next couple of days. I can't wait to see the NBA. For tomorrow, the schedule. I can't wait to see the games. Um, just in case you guys know, tonight uh, on Tuesday, June 22nd, the Clippers are going to take back on Phoenix at Phoenix at 9 o'clock. On Wednesday, we'll see the Hawks in Milwaukee. And on Thursday, we'll see again Phoenix in L.A. So it's going to be a great, great NBA series. I, I really can't wait to see Paul George and Devin and Devin Booker battle it out and, and see if Kawhi Leonard can come back in, in Game 3. So it's going to be great. So we have a whole bunch of things that we're going to go on for you this whole week. Listen, if you like what you hear and you like what's going on, if you want to be part of the show, if you want to be part of the debate, go ahead and send me an email on the clock 20 at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on, on in social media, Instagram at on the clock radio. If you want to sit there and debate us a little bit on Facebook, we have an amazing sports group, OTC Sports. Uh, it's on the clock radio sports. You can find us in our groups, hit the like, uh, submit to be a part of a uh, part of the group and you can find our page as well. And I tell you, it's thank you for everybody that's been listening. We've been on fire this, this past couple weeks and we want to continue doing on the clock radio. So if you got anything for me, man, you hit me up, you talk to me, uh, until then, man, you're on the clock. <laughs>